Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and calling in from California is my co-host, Patrick Anderson. How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Had a nice early morning wake up. It's exactly right. I appreciate your willingness to wake up early uh, to talk about... How it goes. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's... it's days it's you know it's worth it there's there's nothing quite like recording a podcast in the morning whilst drinking a cup of coffee it's it's a relaxing way to start the day um so yes true i so i prefer podcasting in the mornings and uh i hope this isn't too early for you given that you're two hours earlier given the time zone difference and what have you so. It's still like nine nine o'clock. I mean, it's not like <laughs> we're doing it at like six a.m. Yeah, I don't mean to oversell anything. It's getting closer to lunchtime on my end. It's not, it's not yeah. that big of a commitment for me. Um, this is like basically regular work hours for most people. <laughs> Thank you for getting up at nine a.m. <laughs> yeah, what a trooper. Yeah. Uh, so this is our first twenty twenty specific podcast you know the the mm-hmm. podcast oh, yeah, true. yeah I, I think the last time we did a podcast it was the songs of the decade recap slash mm-hmm. ranking um so now we're talking about a group of 2020 albums that have piqued my interest and your interest perhaps in a variety of different ways each of these records is interesting for different reasons um, and so I'm excited to talk about all four of these records today. I'll just give you the keys here. Where hmm. do you want to begin? Hmm. That is a that is an honor. You bet. Um, let's, let's see. It's Since more I just I'm I'm afraid early. of I'm I'm afraid of making decisions, so that's why I'm I'm yeah. you do it. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like a deep oh, insecurity I, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was because I woke up so early. You were like, well, "Good job. You can you can pick the you the earned first it. You earned it." <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do. Uh, I feel like I always go in this kind of way, but let's do the shortest album on the list first. Okay. The album that's so short that I think it technically might be an EP. Yes. So that one. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think the earliest release. Well I actually don't remember two of these honestly. Actually no, two of these came out on the same day, but Oh, okay. It is the earliest tied with something else. So anyway, yeah, the the Denzel Curry Yes and Kenny Beats album Co- unlocked. Correct. Yes. I this is an exciting one here. So Denzel Curry is a Florida based rapper that I believe we talked about not even a year mm-hmm. ago, uh, when he came out with the album zoo, an album that ranked number seven on my 2019 year end list. I love that record. Un- mm-hmm. Unlocked is his third EP, um, in his first released since zoo last year. Unlocked is entirely produced by Kenny beats. Uh, who has worked with plenty of artists recently, um, including but not limited to Vince Staples, uh, Rico Nasty, Gucci Mane, JPEG Mafia. He, he's worked with so many different artists. He's kind of a, a hot name in hip-hop production right now. Um, Unlocked currently has a Metacritic of 81 out of 100. It's pretty good. 
Do you feel mm -hmm. similarly along those lines? Um, kind of. I mean, I, I don't feel as like, I definitely get it's like a super solid. There's not really, I mean, it's like <laughs> barely like, like 20 minutes long. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, um, you know, a, an album that's not, ha doesn't have like very much filler or anything like that, which is important because it's such a short project. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I don't think I'm like as, you know, stoked about this as some people are, but I, I do think that it's a very creative effort and it's, uh, something that it's really cool. Like, you know, but it, I, I don't think it's anything that's like, I don't think it's as good as like his last album, Denzel Curry's last album, by any means. And uh, I think it's fun and and it's cool and it's like a really cool just like uh, spurt of creativity just coming out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that over the past couple weeks, since or since we first listened to it, I've kind of been like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of like getting over it in a way that sounds like super negative but uh, it, it wasn't it's not as like awesome as it was when i first heard it right and this is the kind of record that it hits you on first impression you know there's not mm -hmm. a lot of it's such an immediate record it um i i mostly agree i, I think i love the content more than you do but i i will agree that i prefer zoo and this doesn't have the artistic ambitions as something like taboo a, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but you nailed it. This is a, this is a fun collection of, I think it's just eight songs, 17 minutes. Um, it's the kind of energy and consistency that I expect from Denzel Curry at this point. Uh, I haven't listened to a lot of Kenny beats. I think the production mm -hmm. is pretty good though um he he matches the energy of denzel curry i think for the most part which is something that i appreciate because these these songs they quite they they pack quite a punch um one thing that you know this isn't entirely new ground for denzel curry though i do like how he seems to be transitioning at least on this project from Miami-based hip-hop sounds and tropes where he's from to more, like, hardcore New York sounds that are reminiscent of, like, DMX or even, like, Wu-Tang Clan, um, early LP a little bit in there as well. Uh, so I like hearing those influences on this project. Mm. But I, I mostly agree that while I... You know, it, it's not quite the. It doesn't reach the highs of uh, previous efforts that that he's a uh, he's come out with. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say I. I this is kind of like my first. I, I feel like my first real introduction into Kenny Beats's production style. Like I, I mean, I know that I've heard him on plenty other projects because he's like everywhere now, and mm -hmm. he's like all over a bunch of albums that I do really like. And has like a really unique style, but um, I and I like the production on here, but it's kind of like uh, it, it's not nearly as like um, 
great as I think that it's getting some credit for. Like, it's a little repetitive, and there's not like a lot of really memorable aspects to it in a way. Like, it's very chaotic, and it throws a lot of ideas at the wall, and it works. Like, there's not really that much filler, but I think the problem is that there's not like enough of a distinct quality to each of them that I can kind of like pick out, you know, any sort of like real, like, uh, like distilled ideas. It's kind of just like a lot of really cool sounding, uh, uh, sounds, instrumentals pieced together all over the place, which kind of fits with the aesthetic of the ridiculous and chaotic, like, uh, album art (laughs) on this. (laughs) Yes. Um, so it works in its own way, but I think that like, uh, you know, subjectively speaking, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't get as much from it as something that's a little bit more focused. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like production, like from, uh, JPEG mafia is an example of really good chaotic, and you know he's working mm-hmm. with JPEG Mafia too, but really good chaotic instrumentation that throws a lot of ideas at the wall, but also has some sort of focus to it. Um, that makes sense. And this one is kind of like, yeah, it's a lot of really cool sounding stuff, and it sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm not like left with that much of an impact, if that makes sense. Like I just have fun, and then that's kind of it. Right. Like I think the the most distinct beat on this record by a good margin is the song diet. Uh, it just has this interesting mm-hmm. percussion going on. That's a little clunky and, um, a rhythmic, you know, it doesn't have a traditional tempo to it or anything like that. So that I thought was pretty interesting. The rest of the production, while it sounds good, I agree with you. It does get a little repetitive, a little samey, um, it, it matches what Denzel is doing vocally pretty well. Um, and, it, you know, it's the, it's the kind of record you can... This album slaps, right? Like you just throw it on in your car and it's just, you know, banger after banger for the entire project. Um, but it, mm-hmm. it, you're right, though. It, there's, I mean, there's nothing... There isn't a beat on here that's as memorable as uh, Ricky or uh, Carol Mart from, you know, yeah. his record last year. There's nothing like that on here. Um, I will say though, you know, if anything, I, you know, and I, I like this record. I feel like I'm sounding pretty negative about it. I do like this. And what I, I think I'm slowly coming to appreciate just how great of an artist Denzel Curry is at this point. Um, his growth from, you know, this guy I thought was just a loud rapper you know, I was like, okay, it's another one of these loud rapper energy guys. His gr- artistic growth onto Taboo, his uh, his growth onto Zoo, and uh, this is, I would say it's still growth, though it is kind of like a side project. Um, he, he changes his style enough on every record to satisfy me. Um, he's demonstrated a lot of diversity over the past three records or so. Um, so, I and, and I think he's made good output as he's tried to change his style up he's he's consistent in quality but not in style and i i really appreciate him as an artist in that respect um i do kind of want to talk about this video 
I, I you've seen it, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think the video is great. Like I, if we were rating the video, I would rate it higher higher than I would rate the EP. But I I love the uh, the multiverse concept with it. It's it's really fun mm-hmm. and funny as well. And I wish more artists did this where they kind of have a a music video that soundtracks the entire record and ties the entire album together. I I loved mm-hmm. I love this video. I don't know what you thought about it's it. Kind of kind of the uh Interstellar 5555 the Daft Punk idea yes. that you did with uh, Discovery. Yeah. yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's a, no, that's exactly right cuz it's similarly sci-fi and uh yeah yeah it it appeals i think maybe to the same type of fan you know um but i love just uh they're hopping through the different styles of of, uh, animation you know they have like one song where they go into the scooby-doo universe and Mm -hmm. another where they go into this like samurai jack inspired universe a robot chicken inspired universe Mm -hmm. it's it's very very well done on a on that end um yeah, were there any like specifics um, that stood out to you? Specific songs I, for either good or bad. Um, yeah, you I mean, you mentioned diet. I do really like that one. I think that stands out, kind of as one of the, uh, yeah, one of the standout tracks from it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to like to to name a standout track because all these are so short and they kind of right. go into each other really well. Um, but I like, I like diet. I like layup quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I think that that, that song is really fun and catchy. And I think Denzel Curry just like flows so well on that, on that track too. Um, and it kind of, it, it it has elements to it that are, that are familiar in his flow and delivery, but he's like, he's so good at just like, I think that this, this is shows his talents, um, especially like through the production crazy crazy production on here um Mm -hmm. that he can just bring a unique but familiar style to all of these tracks and you know still kill it lyrically too right yeah he's Um, yeah he has great great lyrics all over this record i've been impressed uh in that aspect yes there is a (laughs) oh here we go there is a uh, (laughs) There is a standout and an issue that I have. Some hypocritical oh, lyrics on here. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's talking about on diet, where he just drops this line out of nowhere, and he doesn't like Pixar. Yeah, what is that? What is that? Yeah, okay. Which you know, whatever to each their own right. You don't like Pixar. I really don't get how you don't like any Pixar. <laughs> That's it. That's crazy. But let's say, let's just say that that's true. He doesn't like yes. any Pixar. He's just, even though he's doing a whole animated music video for his, <laughs> for his, for this concept, he doesn't like any. All right. Well, then why on the next track do we have a lyric about Flick versus Hopper a la A Bug's Life, mm. which is a Pixar film? And that's, interesting first of all great catch great Zero it, out of it, 10. <laughs> this is this is the type of insight you can only get on the under the scope podcast this is a, a very very astute observation 
I I love <laughs> Pixar. I find it interesting that the Pixar reference oh, yeah. is a Bugs Life, given that that's yeah. It's definitely I would say a, a B or C tier Pixar movie. No one is like, oh, I love Pixar. A Bugs Life. You know, no one really like starts with that. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more of an obscure pick. Right. To, so you have to really kind of like be like thinking about your Pixar knowledge. Like you're not just throwing a Buzz Lightyear and or you know Finding Nemo. Like a, yeah. Yeah, Finding Nemo take out there. Like you're like, oh no, Flick versus Hopper. Like that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to uh, take a stab at um, the lyric "Diamonds on Me, No Thanos." I thought you were. Oh, I, I, dude, that was the second one too, actually. Because <laughs> um, if I could, really quick. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yes, yes, we're going to the Marvel corner. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> All right. So first, we have the uh, first we have the Pixar debacle, and now we have this take on thanos where he's uh, allegedly wearing diamonds but they're not diamonds they're they're gems they're infinity gems and they hold the entire power of six elements of the universe in them so it's kind of a weird uh <laughs> it's kind of a weird weird <laughs> idea that you would say diamonds when it's clearly a, a gemstone I, I can so, yeah you know I I just I'm, I question I question his insight or his uh, his his one his integrity with the Pixar lines and two his real research into these subjects that he's referencing. I I can hear your girlfriend breaking up with you right now as you go on this <laughs> Marvel related monologue yeah. right now trying to get her stuff moved out. <laughs> I will say, you know, in, you know, this Pixar Marvel stuff, it, it brings up something that I like about the record is that, you, you know, quote unquote faults aside, I, I love how much of like a geek he is. He references Harry Potter, mm-hmm. Star Wars, um, Marvel. He, he's all yeah. over the place with well, these references. And I love that. Yeah, and the, and, and the album art and like the aesthetic to it itself is like really nerdy and like kind of comic booky in a way too. And I think that that's, that's really fun and cool. And the whole, you know, I mean, it's clearly, I think inspired by MF doom in, in a lot of that, um, you know, the, mm. the superhero, super villain comic book, especially track one, it's such an MF doom esque intro. Um, so I, I always mm-hmm. love that. I mean, I love MF Doom, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty neat. It brings like a lot of personality to the record. You can hear, you know, his his influences outside of hip hop. You know, his entire last record was inspired by the hip hop that came from Miami, his hometown. Um, I guess to be more specific, his hometown is Carroll City, Florida, but alas. But here, you hear all of his influences from, you know, the comic book universe and other sorts of media that he's interested in. And so I kind of like hearing that. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, you know, songs that stand out for me, um, So Incredible, I really like because it, well, it's a standout in that one, it's the only song that's over three minutes. And two, um, it's like a smooth song by this album standard after getting song after song of just banger 
this one's still, you know, it, it's still a banger as well, but it's it's smoother and a little more relaxed. And so I kind of like that change of pace toward the end of the record. Um, I like Take It Back as well. Um, I love the, you know, the second half, we have the pitched vocals, both the high-pitched vocals and the low-pitched vocals. I thought that was a pretty nice vocal mm-hmm. effect. Um, I think maybe he used the pitch shifting a little too much on this record, but I generally generally like it when it is employed. Um, so those were the two tracks that I think stood out to me the most. Um, that's about all I have. I mean, this is about as straightforward of a record as you can get. You know, punches yeah. you in the throat and leaves after 17 minutes. Um, do you think it's too short? No, I I think it does a really good job of accomplishing exactly what it's, you know, supposed to do, which is just be, like you said, a quick, just a quick punch and out, you know, like just, just a couple jabs here and there and you're like, what the hell just happened? Right. Um, so I, no, I don't think it's too short. I, I'm not left feeling like, oh man, like I, I don't think that it got wrapped up very well. I think Cosmic is a good, um, a good closer track. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I, the the thing that I have with it is it's like it's not too short, but for the amount of time it spends, it doesn't leave like it. it it's really fun, but it doesn't leave a lasting impact. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if length would have helped that. I don't think it would have because honestly, I think that if you if you extend this by, you know. 20 more minutes and make like a 37 minute like regular length album i think that it would get too messy and like just a little bit over like it would have been overdone there's so much going on in 17 minutes on here that i think that it was an appropriate track length but i'm still not left with like that much of a uh you know that that much of a, of a lasting feeling it's like when it's on, it's great, but when it's just afterwards, I'm kind of like, wait, what was going on with that <laughs> album again? I remember I liked it, but I don't know why. So yeah. I, I think the key element to this is just like fun and uh, like in the moment creativity, which is really cool, but sometimes it doesn't pan out into something that's like, you know, a longevity listen. Yeah, I, I agree that the, the purpose of it is to you know, have a quick impact. Um, you, you know, the, the, this was clearly not intended to be the type of album that has a bunch of four to five minute songs over the course of, you know, 39 minutes or what have you. This is mm-hmm. going for something different than that. Um, I'll go ahead and throw my score out there. It, it's it's just shy of I'm in love with it. So it's going to get like a high seven out of 10 for me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I I am uh, also at a seven, but I'm like closer to a six, honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, just because like at, at this point, it's kind of like I really like it, but like I said, it's just that element of like, uh, you know, the impact isn't there. I could see it being a little forgettable as the year goes on. So. Mm. But uh, I'll, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. It is a fun lesson, so seven is a, is a good score, I think, for it. Very nice, very nice, and uh, very accessible as well. Um, 
which is you know yeah which I, I, I like that quite a bit. Um, so yeah, a, a seven out of 10 is our average. That's how averages work. You know, you mm-hmm. had a seven, yes. I had a seven, that quick mental math there, that averages to a seven. Um, Thank so, you. So yes, that. you bet. That's, that's my math degree at work. Um, where did you want to go next? Um, well, let's keep with the, well, I don't want to do length because these are all kind of similar. So let's do the uh, release then. Okay. Um, let's do the next one, which was released on the same day, uh-huh. uh, which is uh, the Against All Logic Correct. record. Yes. So Against All Logic 2017 to 2019 is the name of the album. Um, so this is Nicholas Jar. You know, Nicholas Jar is a Chilean-American electronic musician uh 2017 2019 is his second album under the name against all logic um this album currently has a metacritic of 84 out of 100 that's very good very impressive we we love nicholas jar and against all logic uh, oh yeah on, on this podcast this is very pro jar so i imagine we both loved this <laughs> album right Yes. 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 You yes. Would be correct. Yes, I love it. Um, I'll just go ahead and this is not only my favorite record of the four that we're talking about today. This is my album of the year so far. Hell yeah. Yeah, I. I mean, we're we're very early, but hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, as of March seventh, this is my album of the year. Um, yeah. So Nicholas Jar is my favorite electronic musician right now. Honestly, uh, he's. Hmm consistent in quality but he changes up his style so much from album to album he he came up in popularity i guess critical popularity critical acclaim making idm ambient type music you know space is only noise mm-hmm. um yes love that record then mm-hmm. he you know and after a couple more nicholas jar records he came out with 2012 to 2017 last year the first album under the against all logic moniker and that's a house record and i love love that record it was in my top five for 2018 and now we're shifting to a more industrial techno glitchy sound um which might alienate some listeners but I think it's done wonderfully here. Yeah, I I think that, and I I'd be interested to hear if you have an opinion on on that on this too. But I think I prefer this sound to um, the previous Against All Logic record. Interesting. Um, just because, like, I I love I love just like how. I love how ambitious this feels all the way throughout and how just like, you know, it, it, the industrial sound can be polarizing and it can feel overdone and blown out. Like, uh, you know, it, it's really easy to, to fall into that trap because it's a, it's such a harsh and, you know, it, 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 yeah, it's just an abrasive sound and aesthetic to put on your project. But I think that he accomplishes this, like so smart and like 
the structure of everything is done really carefully. Um, and there's a lot of still like great accessible moments to this because it still does feel like a house record, Mm -hmm. but there's something a little more like almost sinister in a way to this project. Yeah. And I think that like, as you know, as I keep listening to it, there's like so much more, I don't know. It, it feels, it feels a little bit more, um, I'm trying to think of the word word for it. I mean, sister is a good word. It feels, it feels a little bit more like introspective and kind of like quietly just frustrated than the vibiness of the uh, previous record. And I, you know, I, I think that I just connect with that a little bit more on a personal level. So I'm just, I then like the, you know, more like fun vibey nature of the previous record. So I think that I honestly, at this point, I think I prefer, uh, 2017, 2019. I'm still trying to figure out which one I prefer. Um, I mean, they're both fantastic it, to, to yeah. this, you know, it, you know, I don't mean to like oversell the industrial nature of this record it does ease you into it the first three or so tracks are you know they have their glitchy moments and their abrasiveness but they're still relatively smooth then you get the middle three tracks which are that's where you get tested as far as like how industrial do you like your electronic music and then the final three tracks are the smoothest moments on the entire record so it's kind of an interesting it's like a bell curve in terms of uh, um, industrial techno abrasiveness. When you get to the middle of the record, that's where, in my opinion, a lot of the excitement happens. Um, with, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can't do it good, do it hard. Is I, I love it's yeah. so harsh. Uh, it has the heavy percussion. Uh, it's just it. It's so. Um, like shrill at times and then the the Lydia Lunch <laughs> vocal interpolation mm-hmm. when that gets thrown into the mix it's just I when I heard that for the first time I was loving it um mm-hmm. and, and Deefers or Deefers yes. D- yeah. <laughs> what the hell this is a this is a <laughs> this song is a monster it is it's heavy techno it's rugged like bass heavy and then it transitions into faith, which is like a calmer moment with, you know, kind of ghostly Tom York esque vocals on it. Um, so it, it's such a this album is structured so interestingly, where they kind of they they tease the industrial aspects, then they go in on the industrial aspects, and then they kind of relieve you of that toward the toward the very end. So I don't know what you yeah. thought about that structure if you liked it, but. I, I did. No, I love, yeah, I love that. I mean, it, like, it's a classic, um, you know, it's a classic quality of a well-constructed album mm-hmm. that you have kind of, like, ease in, go heavy in the middle, and then go back out, and you're kind of at a different place at the end You're you're than you were at the beginning. You're at, like, a similar quiet place, but you're, uh, you're not, like, you you feel like an exit is happening as opposed to an entrance, right? Um, you know, that, and that's like a classic quality of a good album. And I, you know, I I like that. I think that it's you know, it, it's tried and true. So I don't mind that. But uh, my favorite part definitely is whenever it goes so heavy in on 
all the industrial elements like if you can't do it hard and i think that d for d is <laughs> probably at this point my favorite track on the album it's so good it's, it's just it's definitely the standout bananas. Yeah, yeah it is bonkers and i i don't mean to undersell the excitement of the non-industrial tracks mm-hmm. i i love uh if loving you is wrong such a smooth song yeah um with an addict, I love it's reminiscent to me of Kid A at times, where it has this serene instrumentation, but it's paired with these like fast-paced electronic drums or percussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that, and then I love the the vocal snippet that pops in toward the end, it's like "and you don't stop." I love that. Love the Beyonce sample on the opener, um, which is it was totally unexpected, but I love that. There's so much out of nowhere, but so out of nowhere. Um, so this, what I love about Nicholas Jar in general is his attention to detail, and his. You use the word careful. I agree with that. It, everything is so precisely calculated. It, it doesn't feel like he's wasting a moment on this entire mm-hmm. record. In comparison to a lot of electronic music that I hear that sounds generic and it sounds a little one note sounds like they used one idea per song whereas the songs on here Mm -hmm. are using several ideas and the ideas are often clashing with each other in an interesting way he's balancing a lot of clean textures with a lot of grittiness and he's blending these ideas in a way that probably shouldn't work but they do almost the entire time um so i i love Mm -hmm. just i I hate to say like i love the artistry of this record because what does that even mean but i think you know what i'm saying when i say that (laughs) yeah no i get what you're saying he blends contrasts Mm -hmm. like extremely well and in a way that has some sort of like narrative form to it because it's hard like with instrumental albums too it's hard to keep um some sort of like you know i mean because vocals break up like the ideas of instrumentations in a way that can like make it a little bit more like i don't know they can make your ideas a little bit more swallowable but it's really hard for like to do an entire instrumental album at times and then and have all these chaotic and crazy ideas and make it actually sound like one cohesive project that doesn't just blend into you know, all the tracks don't just blend into each other, like you were saying, which, you know, happens a lot. Now, I think that there's a lot of good in electronic music coming out, but there's so much that there's also a lot of just, everybody kind of likes just to vibe. <laughs> and I think yeah. that what Nicholas Jar does really well is he doesn't like shy away from that. There's a lot of really cool, like, you know, quote unquote vibey mm-hmm. songs on here that have like nice danceable qualities to them and like just like like straight up bangers basically but he's really good at bringing in unexpected elements and contrasting sounds and making something that sounds like not only unique but in a way that's you know distinct to him and i think your point of artistry is exactly right because that is what artistry is it's you know a self-expression and 
I mean, he he does so well on uh, this project and the last. I mean, pretty much all his projects that I've heard, at least. Like, right. I haven't heard a Nicholas Jar album that um, or associated project that I've been like, ah, oh, no. He's really good at uh, at at bringing his own distinct uh, nature to all of these. Yeah, that's a that's a great a lot of great points you just said. Um, uh, uh, what you just said though about his you know kind of his consistency. When we did the Scopey Awards for the entire decade, you know, we concluded with Artist of the Decade. I don't I don't think we mentioned Nicholas Jar, but in retrospect, we probably yeah. should have. He's tackled all of these different styles so well um it's mm-hmm. it's like i'm excited every time i see his name um he could do anything he could tell me tomorrow that he is going to make like some sort of vibey you know more generic and electronic Lo-fi. yeah right yeah, yeah. and i'll and it'll, it'll probably be good you know <laughs> so yeah right <laughs> um so yeah, uh, is there anything you like that stood out negatively to you? A- any big complaints, I suppose? No, not really. I mean, no, it's like uh, this is like another thing that I think makes this stand out um, from the previous Against All Logic, too, is that like the previous album is uh, like a little bit more of a mood album to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, that's a completely subjective like feeling, but to me, I feel like I need to be a little bit more in a positive or just kind of like, I don't know, just a little bit more of a, a of a generally like good mood to kind of really feel like, Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. Um, and I do really like that album, but it's a little bit more like you, I, I feel like my headspace has to be in a different place. Whereas this one, it's like, I think it just kind of fits a little bit more with like what I'm, uh, more like consistently looking for in, uh, like a feeling for music. I mean, it's the reason why I like a lot of experimental mm-hmm. ambient and like metal and things like that. Cause that's kind of where my uh my general like personal interests are going towards so that's like a thing too it's hard to like point out negatives because it's uh like my negatives for the uh, previous one was like oh well i'm not always in the mood but i can see myself pretty much consistently being in a mood for this all the time i think that like you know maybe with it having like some of these like banger elements to it that you know maybe i'm not in the mood for for that all the time but like i don't know it's it for what it is it's like just incredibly solid and i don't know it's not like it, it's not perfect to me but it's something that i can't really point out any glaring issues that i have like a pixar lyric or something like that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not many lyrics. Period on here. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I don't have. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna critique the. If you can't do it, if you can't beat him, kill him. If you can't, you know. <laughs> By yeah. the way, love the delivery on that uh, too. Like one of the few vocal moments on this, but like the 
like you mentioned it, it's like just an awesome feature, but the delivery is so fucking fierce. Yes. That it's like, it's, it's so intense. I love that. I think it's a sample from an interview from the early nineties. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I need to watch that cause I'm not sure how, you know, that I, I love, uh, yeah. I, I what love the context is on that. Yeah. I want to hear the context and I, I love hearing samples that, like this is part of the reason why I love Mad Lib so much is just hearing a sample and then going to the source and thinking like, mm-hmm. how did you have the idea to sample this particular snippet and and make it work? Like I I, I find that mm-hmm. fascinating. I don't really have any. Yes. Yeah, I don't have any major complaints either. Um, I guess the only thing that kind of stands out to me is. You know, my least favorite track, even though I like it, is probably The Closer. And my second least favorite track is probably the song preceding that. So while I like every song on here, I guess comparatively it slightly trails off toward the end. Um, So I'm not like super satisfied on the very end. Um, That's really the only, you know, quote unquote, big bad on, on this album. Um, sure. I, yeah, yeah. I I don't care for the album artwork either, but that's a separate thing entirely. But um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the orange and the the military soldier with the clearly apple like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the it's like a like a Shutterstock looking kind of like photo too, like <laughs> with the watermark kind of still on it. Like. Yes. Yes. like that's probably the format for some meme or something. You know that I'm just not aware yeah. of, but. <laughs> It's it's odd, I, and I don't like you I know. Kinda, there's a lot I going wish on. It was, I kind of wish it was just like, you know, just get rid of the picture and just have the font. Like I like the font. Right, <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, it's just too it's too messy, I suppose. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the album itself, I love it. I don't have a lot of complaints. I'm going to be listening to this all year, and probably because of the nature of his work, I'll probably be picking up details that I haven't noticed yet and that I'll come to enjoy. It's a nine out of 10 for me. I love this album of the year so far. Nice. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you're saying that, like it probably, I don't know, it might be my album of the year right now too. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I, that would be hilarious if we just end up with the same <laughs> album of the year. Uh, we're we're used By to agreeing on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much else to say about it either. It's it's a solid nine out of ten for me too. This thing is just awesome. Yes, yes. All right, and you know, back to these simple averages. Um, nine yeah, is, is our average. Yeah. <laughs> gotta get a little more exciting math going on here yeah we might even get a 0. 0.5 in our average at at some point but for now it's a 9 out of 10 average <laughs> so um we have two more and they're you know uh they're probably the two most hyped indie records of the year mm-hmm. so uh which one do you want to go to let's do let's keep it chronological so let's go with okay Tame Impala. That's right. The Valentine's Day release. <laughs> That's not the official name of the record. 
<laughs> with t- we're going with yeah, Tame Impala, the Valentine's Day release. <laughs> um, that would be honestly, I think, a better a better <laughs> name than one the slow rush. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so yeah, this this is going to be a fascinating one, I think. Uh, Tame Impala is such a in, they're an interesting, or I guess he is an interesting artist at this point. There's just a lot to talk about. Um, so yeah, Tame Impala is a psychedelic pop rock project of Kevin Parker. So on tours, they're a full band, but in the studio, it's it's just Kevin Parker. Um, the Slow Rush is Tame Impala's fourth studio album. It's their first since Currents in 2015. Uh, it mm-hmm. currently has a Metacritic of 80 out of 100. This was possibly the most anticipated record of the year in the indie community. What are your thoughts on Tame Impala in general? And mm. what are your thoughts on, I guess, the slow rush? Uh, how does it, you know, kind of fit into their discography? Great question. Yeah. Tame Impala is um, a, I'm not sure. I'm always reevaluating how I feel about Tame Impala. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, I have a, pretty good love hate relationship with Tame Impala. Mm. Um like I I understand the um appeal of of Tame Impala for sure. Like it's very, very clear. Yeah. Um the instrumentation and the production is incredibly precise. <clears throat> the like psychedelic nature to the vocals, the you know, on the earlier projects like Inner Speaker and Lonerism, like that heavy, like just deep psychedelic rock feel to it is very cool. And then on Currents, with just a complete switch into a much more electronic and like symphonic based feel, is very interesting. And, you know, again, a very cool um, element to it. But like I think the thing is like I there's not that much like there are a lot of really excellent ideas and a lot of awesome songs that Tame Impala puts out. Like Let It Happen was one of my 15 yeah. favorite songs of the decade and I fucking love that song. I think it's like just an amazingly crafted song like it, it, i mean it shows a, a real obsessive nature to kevin parker's production but uh, you know uh, I, i'll talk about currents for a second just to mm-hmm. kind of segue into this because that's the closest in sound yes uh by far to this like i have a similar issue with this as i do with currents is that like there's amazing tracks like that and like you know something like uh eventually or something like that and then there's like just kind of a bit of a glut of just like oh like this is like the same idea but executed like in a much less like impactful way um and it's kind of like this thing of like you have like kind of average average to above average sounding tracks Mm -hmm. that have a lot of care and thought put into them and then you and but they're kind of just like oh yeah it's it's cool and then you have like amazing like awesome tracks and you're just like what the hell is going on here mm. and okay and the other thing with Damon Paula is too like 
the fucking hype around them and the fan base and like the the false sense of like their Kevin Parker being like a genius like in production and things like that is completely overblown like I think the guy is really talented and has some great ideas and has you know kind of had some influence in the indie world for sure but like I mean come on now like this I these sounds have been done before like he's really good at what he does but the um I think they get a lot of uh, or too much praise. Yeah, there's. Um, I I agree with that. Um, as far as you know, my my opinions on on Tame Impala, I guess. Um, I'm I'm a lonerism guy. You know, I I love that record. Mm. Uh, Currents, I like. I I have similar gripes as as you, where it's a little inconsistent. Um, here, you're also right. Where this is, it, it almost. It's different enough from Currents, but stylistically it, it feels like an extension of what we're hearing on Currents, where it's this dreamy, ethereal, groovy, synth-heavy, smooth mm-hmm. sound. Um, and you use the word obsessive in, in terms of his production, and that kind of gets to my main gripe with the slow rush as a whole. Someone on Reddit put this beautifully like better than I'm about to put it but Kevin Parker is such a perfectionist in his production Mm -hmm. and on one hand that's great you know there's a lot of clearly great craft on this record there's so much attention to detail um you know he's making every single second sound as perfect as it can so it's kind of good in that aspect, but on the other hand, because it's because he's such a perfectionist, I think there's a lack of unpredictability on this album. There's a lack of excitement on this album. I, I feel like mm-hmm. nothing really floored me in terms of like, oh wow, I can't believe he went this way with this song. Like every song sounded about how I expected it to. Um, yeah, for the most part, um, and there there isn't a ton of sonic variety on this album, in my opinion, either. These songs blend into each other for the most part. I mean, there are a couple songs I definitely love on this record, but um, I think there are more forgettable songs on here. So, yeah. No, I that that is a very good point. The, the excitement on this is um, it's just not there. There's a lot of very like interesting ideas that are being thrown out, but it all sounds very sterile. Sterile. Um, that's a great word for it. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's it's a it's very overproduced and just too too methodical. Like, yes, there's de- I mean, there's definitely some creativity in here, but it's like, I don't know. I mean, he may have benefited from just making it a lot shorter, too, because there's a lot yeah. of really good songs on here. Um, I mean, like, uh, but uh, so like the difference too, like comparing this again to like Currents is like, like I was, you know, saying that it has some really great tracks, great to, I think, amazing tracks on it. Um paired with a bunch of like pretty average songs mm-hmm. um this one doesn't really have a standout like 
amazing track on it. It's got like a couple of like, oh, that's really cool. Right. And then it's like, you know, so it's like it, it fails in comparison to to even Currents because it's just like, eh, like Borderline is the standout track, I think, from it probably. I think the consensus and, uh, would agree with that. I'm not particularly huge on that song, but I see a lot of praise for that one. I think it's cool, and I, I like, and I think that it's you know I get the praise for it, but it's again, it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I heard this already on Currents, you know, that's, like this feels kind of just like a leftover. That's a great point. It's not different enough from Currents either to be interesting. Um, yeah, and I agree, like, the songs I do love on here, they're not, like, my top five Tame Impala songs or anything like that. Um, I guess to get even more specific with which one, I love, um, I, th- I think Breathe Deeper is one of the most immediate tracks on here. It's catchy, it's groovy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, this is one of, one of the rare instances where I was kind of taken for a, a loop here, where uh, the last minute or so of this song gets into this really spacey, futuristic daft punk inspired section like a sci-fi sounding section that i think is really great it's probably my favorite moment on the entire record i love the song on track as well it's like a piano ballad which was a nice change of pace but it has a a very memorable chorus uh i love the themes about resilience and perseverance um, and just kind of taking a moment to reflect like yeah you're doing a good job you're on the right track um, it has a subtle progression to it, which I love any time on any song. And, uh, you know, it's actually kind of a beautiful song, I think. But unfortunately, a lot of the songs on here, they're just, I couldn't even tell you how they sound right now. They all kind of, yeah, you know. They all blend together. Right, right. Like even the single, I think Lost in Yesterday was like the first single or whatever. And I didn't yeah. listen to it before the album, but when I heard it in context of the album, I was pretty disappointed. I was like, "This is really the, this the the main mm-hmm. single from this record." I I don't know. It just didn't it didn't impress me all too much. I suppose. Yeah, judging off of the singles, I think that like uh, "Posthumous Forgiveness" is probably my favorite. I like that it. too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's cool. Very like funky. You know, kind of like a little bit more uh, of a callback to previous Tame Impala. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, even then, it's it. It like I said, you know, it's it feels like a callback. It feels like yeah, I've heard this already. Um, and that's like an issue with all of it. Plus, the other thing I have with this, and like, this is something with you know, Tame and Paul that has been the story since the start, lyrically. Um, oh. <laughs> there's like, just a lot of like, what? Like, you yeah. know, like, you, I don't I don't think, it, it doesn't ever get like to a point where it's like cringy or like he, it's trying too hard, but I think that Kevin Parker just focused so much, focuses so much on the sound of things that like he kind of just forgets to throw lyrics in until the very end because like Jesus Christ like <laughs> these lyrics don't fucking mean anything <laughs> for the most part it's just like a, there's a lot of just word salad of just like oh I love you I miss you you know like and uh, and, and like it, <laughs> a lot of like symbolism that's trying to be symbolism 
like but is like the most obvious shit like you know <laughs> i i don't know and, and i wasn't expecting any lyrical like okay i'll use let it happen as another example because i you know again i praise that song so much mm-hmm. um even on that one lyrically it's kind of a stupid song like it's just Mm -hmm. about like being in the moment and like it's kind of just like very obvious lyrics but i think it it is self-aware enough to like pull it off i don't think there's any instance of that on here i think he's actually really trying (laughs) and that's what makes it a little bit more like oh god because that's a good point yeah just (laughs) yeah just there's a lot of just nothing like just very vacuous lyrical content on here that could it could it could mean anything you know yeah no i i think that's i think that's fair um i I do like the 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 lyricism that i do pick up on um i do like that this album seems to have a general macro theme about time um i get yeah the slow rush obviously but some of these songs get more, you know, slightly more specific about the concept of time. And that I I actually kind of find interesting, but not too interesting. It's just like, oh, it's, that's that's pretty neat. It's a neat idea. It's a neat concept. Well, I, yeah, and I and I I love that concept. Yes. You know? and, yes. But I think that the I, like pulled off in a better way, I think it would be fucking amazing mm-hmm. because yeah, the concept of time is about as existential as it could get. Um, so it's hard to, it's hard to capture. And I think that that's a really great thing to try to go after. But like, I think that the concept gets ahead of the output. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense, like, yeah, like you can, I can love the concept, but the execution of it is like, well, you know, I mean, anybody can be like, yeah, this album is about, you know, death mm-hmm. or this mm-hmm. album is about the cosmos or whatever. Right. Right. But, you know, you still have to execute on it. And I think that this one is just the one of the weaker uh, attempts at Tim and Paula doing some sort of conceptual. But I do like the uh, like how like the album art and like the single album arts like i like how they kind of tie in with that too with just the sand is built up inside of this house and everything that that's cool yeah the the aesthetic is great in pretty I mean, much all aspects all, yeah. yeah like the and that's yeah. kind of why I'm, I'm disappointed is because i'm listening to this and kevin parker is clearly very good at what he does it's just not the most interesting thing in the world for me um, another, this is a highly subjective gripe. Um, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt or what have you, but this is something that has always plagued Tame Impala for me. I don't like Kevin Parker's voice all that much. Um, I, mm. I find it, I don't know. I just don't think he has a instant destiny. As soon as that song starts, he's like, I'm about to do I'm like, oh my God. And this, thank God it was the only song that was like under four minutes on this entire record or one of them. Um, but there are moments where I find, I find his voice mostly tolerable at least. It, it, it never wows me, but it, it makes sense and it complements the production or the instrumentation fine enough. There are moments where I'm just like, wow, oh my gosh, please stop singing. Um, so that's just a, that's just a personal thing. Um, but 
has to be addressed because it's, you know, maybe yeah. if the singer was different, I might enjoy this album more, you know? So, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. I had to get that out there, but. I can sympathize with that because I, I, I think I've gotten used to his voice now, so I don't, I don't notice it too much, but I remember like the first time somebody showed me Tame Impala, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I, cause it was just his voice. And there was also this thing I remember when I first heard him, I was just like, this dude sounds exactly like John Lennon. And I, it was yeah. something that I couldn't get over. I was just like, he's doing a complete John Lennon impression. Their earlier work uh, has I, drawn a lot of comparisons yeah. to like Magical Mystery Tour era Beatles, um, for better yeah. or for worse, you know. Um, but that's still my favorite Tame Impala, or, you know, style of Tame Impala, I guess, lonerism. Um, this, I, I'm interested to see what the future is for Tame Impala, because uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like, if he, this is just who Tame Impala is now, like they make these, or he, I guess, makes this very synth-heavy, smooth sound that sounds really pristine, but is, you know, more or less a continuation on what he's already done, or if he has like a surprise for us on the next record. But um, I'm, as a Tame Impala fan, I'm I'm disappointed um, because this is, you know, we've been waiting nearly five years for this and i was excited for this record and uh i found it a little boring to be honest but i i do like enough of it to uh say that it's a decent album overall and so i'm giving it a six out of ten yeah yeah um i i i think that um i prefer currents over tim and paul's earlier work honestly even though like Currents isn't like one of my favorite albums, like I think it's got a lot of awesome moments and you know, like I said, very average moments where I think that the earlier stuff is like really cool, but there's nothing that really wows me about it. The thing that I really liked about Currents was that it showed that Kevin Parker can kind of take this sound that he's expected to have and just completely <laughs> flip it on its head. And put out something that's like still, you know, has a lot of awesome, I think has some of their best ideas and then, you know, some whatever stuff here and there, but something that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then this one kind of shows that like, he's like, oh no, like it, it kind of feels like, oh no, does he, did he run out of ideas? <laughs> like, it's kind of a thing. Like I was excited for this because I thought Currents, even though it's not like, an amazing album overall it had a lot of elements to it that was like he's gonna put out something from this now his options are like limitless because he decided to go more electronic i was like he's gonna put out something fantastic from this um so i was kind of i i I was kind of thinking he was gonna use that inspiration from currents and make something that was like completely fleshed out and it ended up being something that was a watered down an even more watered down version of the ideas he Mm -hmm. had on currents. Um, so, you know, there's some cool moments on here, but like, honestly, it's just a very like forgettable album. I'm, I don't really like it very much at all. Um, some decent moments, cool songs, but like none of these songs are even 
some of my favorite songs that I've heard in the past like couple weeks. So um, it's like a five out of ten for me. Okay, makes the uh, you know very good points um, by you just now, and uh, now you're challenging my math skills a little bit. So. Yeah, here we go. I had to do it. The average of six and five is a five and a half out of ten. Um, doesn't sound like we we're don't... recommending Tame Impala, the slow rush. Um, well, we don't really need to. They're that's... big enough to... <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that is fair. Um, all right, let's get into our final record here. This Final one. Yes. And... Um, this is an interesting one. This is an interesting album. Grimes with Miss Anthropocene. Anthropocene. Anthropocene, I think, yeah. Yeah. So I'll pronounce it several different <laughs> ways over the course of the next 20 minutes or so. <laughs> Grimes is a Canadian pop electronic musician. Miss Anthropocene is her fifth studio album and her first since another 2015 record art angels which is one of my personal favorite albums of the 2010s so though it has been several years since art angels grimes has remained in the spotlight for in large part due to her public relationship with elon musk um mm -hmm. partially because of other you know silly tabloids that fans like to pick up on and you know whatever um yeah so she's Weird artistic antics too right right i and you know that's some of the stories are kind of funny and silly or whatever but i think she gets a lot of like undeserved hate too personally mm -hmm. um so i'm taking this next sentence directly from wikipedia okay because this is going to sound probably ridiculous but this is what it is miss anthropocene is a concept album about a quote-unquote anthropomorphic goddess of climate change in which quote-unquote each song will be a different embodiment of human extinction so yeah um okay <laughs> miss anthropocene sounds good yeah uh currently has a metacritic of 79 out of 100 uh wh uh wh where do you want to start um, let's start with that concept, first of all. Yeah. Um, um yeah, cause I, I, I've, I've heard this and I've seen stuff about similar kind of aspects to that and, and it definitely being like supposed to be tied to climate change. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I don't really see it. I get the, Thank you. Yeah. I get, yeah, I, I get the like ethereal alien aesthetic to it but like the lyrics are so vague in a way that you can kind of be like oh but this is this you know goddess is saying this and it's like all right i mean like i guess anybody could be saying this stuff like it right. doesn't it, it it's kind of this like almost like i don't know it, it's this fan theory element to it almost that's just kind of like it's not apparent to me in any way that that is actually what it's supposed to be. So I don't really buy into the fact that like that, if that is the concept that Grimes intended it to be, then she didn't really execute it that well because 
I don't get that at all on this. That's a great point. Uh, I I agree with that. If if this was if the idea was to create an anthropo uh, you know an album about an anthropomorphic goddess of climate change, where each song is mm-hmm. a different embodiment of human extinction, I think you know that concept. I, I think she failed on that concept if that really ended up being the concept. I listened to this album once and then went to the Pitchfork review because I saw it got like an 8.2 Best New Music or something like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of the review is like criticizing Grimes for not taking climate change seriously enough or whatever. So I went to listen to yeah. the record a second time like with trying to trying to listen to the lyrics. Um Though she has, you know, because of her vocals, it's very Cocteau Twins in that it's often mm-hmm. difficult to decipher what she's actually saying. But, you know, what really matters is how she's singing it. I didn't really pick up on a lot of obvious climate change stuff. In, in fact, I found some of these songs interesting um, thematically for reasons that didn't seem to have to do much with climate change. I, I liked the theme of the opening track. Uh, so heavy I fell through the earth it's a song that's you know one it's loosely you know there aren't like direct lyrics about it but it's loosely about the loss of self uh, you know in Grimes's view that one has when they decide to become pregnant like some sort of loss of power I guess some sort of loss of individuality and I, I found that kind of interesting I didn't see a whole lot of climate change specific themes here um there's songs about technology there's songs Mm -hmm. about um the opioid epidemic specifically um songs about suicide um death Mm -hmm. you know but not a lot that so yeah i was trying to figure that out and i'm still trying to figure out what this album has to do with climate change but alas yeah i'm not i like I think that that's fine if, you know, if that's what it's supposed to be. But, like, I'm, I'm not taking this as a concept album and because it just doesn't feel that way to me. Um, so, like, and it's hard for me to judge it as a concept album because if it is, then it's, like, completely failed in that way. And I think that that makes it a lot more negative than it totally is. And not to say that I'm like overly positive about this. Cause like, I think there's a quite a few elements to this album that are like, not like, I, I, I don't really, I don't know. There's a few elements that I don't like pretty much straight out. And then, uh, there's like a few more elements are, are a little overly simplistic or just not flushed out enough, but there are quite a few that are also just like straight up cool pop bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just like I don't know. I think the track to track is kind of more how this needs to be taken because it, it there there's a little bit more weight that uh, held in it in in that way than being like oh there's this overarching theme of right climate change. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I um that's that's a good point. I guess you kind of touched on it. I guess we can actually get into the music of the record, and you know Grimes has become such a controversial figure that it's it's sometimes easy to forget that she has the ability to create great pop music, in my opinion. Um, when this album is at its best, I love it. 
Um, 4 a.m. is an instant, like, one of my favorite pop songs of the year um, with these interesting jungle sounds. Um, I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, mm -hmm. And then the it kind of, the beat and the percussion kick in during this, like, really fast-paced chorus. Um, love that. I love this. It may be one of the more polarizing songs on here, but I love uh, Delete Forever, which is like an acoustic guitar song that uh, okay. I, 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 I do love this song. And I figured you would not, but I, I, do, <laughs> I do like it. It's very catchy. It's um, uh, very pretty, in my opinion. And it has this mm -hmm. banjo interpolation toward the end that I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but I, I do really like that song. The, the problem for me overall musically is that i think there is the the first half is strong and then the second half is yeah. kind of spotty you know there there's a couple songs i could do without on or you know a few songs i could do without in the second half um yeah the stretch from my name is dark uh which is probably the edgiest song on the entire record to uh before the fever which is a song that i've already forgotten about that stretch I, I could do without entirely. Um, the closure itself is great. The the second half in general is uh, mixed results. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll probably think this is funny and predictable for me, but my name is Dark. It's probably my favorite track. Really? The, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I think, yeah. I, I, Go ahead. I like, I just like, it kind of just leans into the whole aesthetic that she was going for i feel like on this and i think that it kind of accomplishes it um in a, in in the most effective way mm. on this so i you know i think that that's i don't know it, it, it's it's really it, i think it's cool but uh yeah it is like the edgiest totally fair yeah <laughs> it's no i think no, i think it definitely owns its identity pretty well i will give it that but yeah. it's just you know subjectively i think it's a little too suicide squad for me in, in that regard but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could see that yeah but yeah i i think you could have predicted that delete forever would be one of my favorite tracks in the same way that mm -hmm. i could predict that my name is dark would be one of your favorites um but the Musically, I, I I do find this album interesting because she is doing there is quite a bit of variety throughout the record. Um, you know, right before "Delete Forever," the acoustic song, there is this song "Dark Side," which is this really nocturnal, heavy song with Japanese lyrics, um, mm -hmm. which I I actually really like. It's a bit polarizing, I suppose, but I like that song as well. It, I just don't know what to think about the and you touched on it but if there's any cohesion to this album i i'm i'm losing mm -hmm. it uh, i'm not seeing it precisely individually i like a lot of these songs individually i could do without a couple of these songs as a whole you probably could have structured and rearranged this album in any way you wanted and i probably would enjoy it about mm -hmm. the same so yeah yeah that's very good points i i think i like that uh uh, dark side track quite a bit too i was nice. kinda, I, I figured that that one was probably more the more uh polarizing but just the uh like the delivery is very fierce and aggressive and yes. i think that it pulled off pretty well and it just kind of doubles in on the i think that that's where this album does or like it it works is when it kind of doubles down on this like 
very like apocalyptic dystopian um dark aesthetic mm-hmm. and you know technology fueled kind of thing it, it, it works in that way i think that where it doesn't work is like songs like delete forever and like <laughs> the closer track um and whenever you know people try to throw on a new concept or even when grimes is trying to explain like oh this is what this track means like um like there's an example new gods mm-hmm. um is an example so she went on like sean carroll's podcast which i love sean carroll he's the man okay. um and it was cool to like hear her on on his podcast he's a theoretical physicist and you know oh. it was interesting to hear the uh like the i don't know just hear grimes talk about her creative process and hit and and kind of like pairing this like very like existential scientific element of his thoughts and stuff like that to it but like she went a little too far with new gods because basically like what the concept is supposed to be is like you know technology is basically boils down to technology are our new gods are you know all this stuff materialism that's like the new thing. That's what our new religion is going to be. But like you kind of dive into the lyrics and it's like, there's no element to it again, like with the whole climate change goddess thing, there's not really like an element to it that would suggest that that's actually what she's saying besides the fact that she's saying it on this podcast. Right. Like a lot of these song explanations are, you know, I know what the song is supposed to be about, mostly through interviews, but yeah, the, lyrically it's all very loose, loosely like tangentially yeah. related, I suppose. But there isn't, and I actually, I actually, part of me kind of likes that because I feel like if it was as direct as something like pure comedy, I feel like this album's mm-hmm. edge factor would have gone way up, and I probably wouldn't like it at all. Um, yeah. So I I don't know how to it yeah. based, If you're judging it based off of concept, it's like it's a complete failure too, I think. Right, right. Because it's, you know, it doesn't take any sort of direct approach to any of this. It's very vague, but I think that it honestly is better with the vagueness like you said. Yeah, it's very weird. Like so do we judge it on this is supposed to be a concept album and it doesn't fail on the concept, but it's arguably kind of good it didn't capitalize on the concept because mm-hmm. if it did we probably wouldn't like that either um because i remember that was like the big concern with a lot of fans going into the album is it was just going to be this we live in a society album mm-hmm. and i don't think thankfully that factor i don't get a whole lot on here um mm-hmm. but <laughs> that also means it doesn't achieve its mission. It, so it's it's a really fascinating record in, in that aspect. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, the, the one thing I do kind of like, um, I do like the closure, even though it's quite different than many of the songs that precede it. Thematically, again, it was like this attempt, I think, to close out the record on a positive note like the lyrics are much more positive the instrumentation is more upbeat uh, her vocals are poppier um so it's this kind of like yeah i just went through nine tracks of supposed you know like in theory you know very negative topics um but mm-hmm. i'm kind of tying like a you know 
kind of leaving the listener with some hope afterward, which uh, I can appreciate. And I also appreciate, sonically, this is probably the closest thing to an Art Angels song, which is still my favorite uh, Grimes record. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think, like, as, uh, as far as the closer goes, like, I'm already kind of confused by the end of it as to like how like I'm supposed to feel. And then she hits you with like seven minutes of kind of way too like sugary kind of, um, not very flushed out, like, and very repetitive. I'm not a huge fan of the closer to be honest. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I do like, I, I, it is nice and it's very like, a very sweetly produced track, but I think she could have shaved off like four minutes on it. And then, uh, and it would have been much better. I think it just goes on for too long without doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that's kind of my, my biggest gripe on it, but, um, none of the tracks on here, I like have any, uh, like uh, I don't like actively dislike any of them. I just think that they could have done without like even delete forever, which is probably my least favorite. I th- still think it's like got a lot of heart to it and it's pretty fun in its own right, but it's just like, it's not my kind of thing. And I don't, you know, I don't care to listen to it in, in comparison with some of the other tracks. Like violence is, I think a really cool, uh, a really cool track that I kind of more vibe with. So this album's got like bits and pieces that like, you know, people with different tastes can kind of like in different ways, which is a good thing in its own right. But it also is very, you know, polarizing. And I don't think it does a good job of, um, I don't think it does a good job of like making those tracks understandably good you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, like polarizing in a way where it's like, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but I understand why you like it. Or like something like delete forever is like, yeah, it's not my like thing. I kind of get it, but I'm also kind of like, this is it. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I'm not, how much, how much time do we have? Cause I don't want to go too far over either. We still have like about five minutes or so. Yeah. Okay. One last point that I'll make real quick on this, because this is a big complaint that I have, is like, um, like you were talking about, like the edgy lyrics and things like that, and uh, there there being like elements to like death and uh, and suicide. So one of the the like the track I think that's that shows like uh, suicide as being a theme, and here's the you'll miss me when I'm not around. Right. Um, immediately it's like is sorry as soon as you hear the title you kind of know what it's going to be about yeah yeah and apparently the concept is supposed to be that it's an angel who has committed suicide where you know i'm kind of like okay well (laughs) that's like a cool idea but i still don't get that Mm -hmm. um anyway but i think like an example of that is like it gets kind of dangerous because like there's shows a lot of the positive side of suicidal ideation in it. And I don't think it flushes it out in a way that's like any sort of like uh, cautionary way. So I think that there's like outside of the edginess, there's also some elements to that that makes like 
depression and suicidal thoughts and things like that a little bit too fashionable. Mm. Um, so that's a track that like I'm not I, I think that it's not a good track in in terms of like you know I think the message is not good. I think uh, I, I, that's a that's a, a very a good a good thing to bring up. Um, the 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 song that puzzled me or that stood out to me thematically is the song "Violence," um, a song that I mm. like sonically. You know, I, I think it's really catchy. It's another one another one of these like high energy bangers that I, I like yeah. on this record. The song is about how humans are destroying the earth. It's the one song on here that clearly reads as climate change related to me. Mm. Um, but this, like, it, this humans destroying the earth thing is framed, it's like as a personification of an abusive relationship. Like, we're, mm-hmm. you know, the earth is the victim of an abusive relationship from us, right? And it, it's at sometimes it reads as abusive. At other times it reads as like BDSM in a way. So I'm I'm trying to figure out. I'm still yeah. trying. I'm tr- I'm still trying to make out how I feel about the song thematically. But to kind your point, th- stick, yeah, yeah, there are some moments on here lyrically where I'm at times puzzled and at times disapproving. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. So I I do wish we could go on more about that, but we do need to kind of close out here. Um, given our time constraints, you know, I'll do briefly summarize musically very strong first half, in my opinion, second half, mm, eh, mm, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. th- thematically, uh, there are some hits and misses and things that weren't hits that I'm glad weren't hits because that ended up being a plus for the album. And in, in re- th- this song was accidentally good thematically, even though it failed on its mission statement. Um, I'm going a seven out of ten. I do like this song, or excuse me, this mm-hmm. album enough musically. Um, I play a lot of these songs all, all the time. So, um, it but there are some very obvious missteps here. So yeah, seven out of ten. Nice. Um, so I have a couple minutes to to talk, right? A couple minutes. Okay, so I'll make it brief. Um, so yeah, similar kind of feeling with. Uh, Honestly, with the, what we were talking about with Tame and Paul on here, like conceptually, I understand there's supposed to be some sort of grand and a cool concept that I can get behind, but it completely missteps in executing on it. And I don't think that there's very many elements that showcase any of it, even though there is a very cool aesthetic to this. Um, and I think that there's a lot of really interesting instrumentation and very poppy and um, nice instrumental and melodic moments to this but like overall there's not really like anything on here that like stands out to me as something that i'm gonna go back to all the time and there's some small elements to it it's not like a lot but there's some elements to it that are a little i have a bit of a problem with too especially with suicidal like ideation and stuff um so yeah, in that case, this album's a you know, five out of ten for me. Okay, wow, five out yeah. of ten. Um, that brings our average to a six out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. And those are our thoughts on uh, a smorgasbord of albums. Th- 
thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining me, Patrick. The next podcast yes. will likely be a quarter one recommendations podcast, I believe. And I'm excited about that one um, because we're going to like and love all of the albums we'll be talking about on that podcast. So yes, yes, that is exciting. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.